This is Closer to the Fire from the Voice of the Martyrs Canada with a focus on the persecuted church. India is a country which over the years has enjoyed freedom of speech, freedom to profess and practice their religion, including Christianity, and freedom of movement. These have been fundamental rights enjoyed by the citizens of India for many years, but these rights are now being violated and taken away by these anti-conversion laws that have been put into law and in some states are now being introduced as well. We've talked about that on previous Closer to the Fire episodes and if you'd like to get some more background on these anti-conversion laws. Now, in a recent development, an anti-conversion law has been passed in the state of Jharkhand, considered as a tribal Christian belt in India. And joining me to talk about these troubling developments and the effect it's having on the followers of Jesus, especially the women and girls who are relatively new to their relationship with Jesus, is Emma Dipper. Emma is the founding director of Gender and Religious Freedom and a partner with the Voice of the Martyrs Canada. We'll also be joined by Kiera, that is not her real name, and we're hiding her face and changing her name for security reasons. Kiera, who leads a local NGO that is a non-governmental organization in India, working with Christians who face significant restrictions from the Hindu nationalist government, and particularly women who suffer as a result of being identified as Christians and facing significant discrimination and gender-based violence as a result. She, too, is a partner with The Voice of the Martyrs. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me. First off, Kiera, explain why the Nationalist Hindu Party, which is the BJP, has created some 1,500 Hindu tribal groups across Jharkhand. What is behind that? Thanks, Greg. Thank you so much for having me over on your podcast and so that we can talk about the gender-based violence that's happening in India and how the Christian women particularly are being specifically targeted and discriminated. So the question that you asked me was about the tribal women and how are they and why are they set up in the areas within Jharkhand? So one of the motive is that, um, as you know, that women and the, the Christian women within the tribal groups are accepting Jesus as their savior. And it is so hidden that people are not able to understand if it's happening and they're being so discriminated and hidden within their own families that the families who are from the Hindutva groups are not coming forward and sharing that these women have are following Jesus or they are believers. So these groups are now going into the tribal areas inside the villages and are monitoring and are um, identifying and asking and questioning. It's like a mapping that they are doing within the groups. They are trained women, trained women. There are about uh, the reports that are coming in. There are about 3000 women who have been trained across by the RSS who are entering into these villages, just talking, having a conversation, trying to strike a relationship and wanting to learn about their faith and what is happening and mapping about the various uh, women and what are they doing and what they are not doing and their faith, most importantly. So these girls are being trained to go and try to get these Christian girls to leave Christianity what are they actually trained to do and, and what are some of the things that they're doing to try to persuade these girls uh, to leave Christianity and uh, return to Hinduism? So the main thing that they are doing is trying to create a fear psychosis amongst them. 
and um, like the family members or the mother-in-law of the family or the husband or the, the head or the village head and everybody, they try to gather them together and ostracize these women. And the fear psychosis is being created. The other part is that they are not allowed to enter into the, into the fields or there is no financial inclusion. They are being ostracized within the community. In fact, they try to fear and the children, the children of these young Christian women also are being targeted. They are being, the fear is being there and there's so much of hatred that is being built around these women that even the children are scared. Now, one of the incident was that there was this believer, this woman who accepted Jesus and the villagers were against it. She did not denounce her faith. And what was the next step that her daughter was sold and trafficked? So this was the punishment that was given to the lady and to the Christian woman because of the faith. So this is the fear that if you accept Christianity, we are going to rape your daughters, we are going to sell them, or we are going to bring much, much, much punishment on you. Because you're accepting something that is not Indian, and this is a foreign religion, this is a religion of devil. And these are the words when they go forward, and when these women within the local areas, and these, you know, it is, this group of women is called the Hari Satsang Mandal. It's a Hindi term, Hari Satsang Mandal, that it is a group of women which is going together into villages and villages and identifying and being like a vigilante within the community. That is just something I can't even comprehend in many ways. I know that it goes on. I've seen it in terms of my travels around the world and talking to believers, uh, you know, girls, women being raped and putting such incredible fear uh, into them. Uh, I mean, Kiera, how do you, you know, safeguard and help our sisters and these young girls, you know, to stay faithful to Jesus in the midst of unbelievable circumstances. First of all, I'm very grateful to uh, VOM Canada and to Emma for taking this initiative and have become the first group ever to come forward and to talk and be a part of their journey, the journey that is difficult, painful, the journey that is full of um, discrimination, injustice, most importantly. And um, how are we holding the hands of our dear sisters who are being persecuted is by just talking to them. You know, the, they, they urge to read the Bible. They urge to listen to the word because their families don't allow them to have the Bible with them. Their families don't allow them to listen to any word of God. Many of them have don't, they don't have any mobile phones. It's been taken away by their family so that they have no connection with anybody. And um, how we have to build them, they're building them financial inclusion, developing their livelihood skills because they are not allowed to enter into the fields, into any jobs are not giving to them because of their faith. So how are we building their and building their capacity towards empowering them on these various livelihood things? Also, most importantly, is trauma. There is immense trauma. I remember this one lady coming up to me over Zoom while we were talking and doing this program once. On, uh, and she comes up and she says that I can't thank you enough. Because the most important thing is that we felt we were alone. At one point, we thought we only have Jesus, but we are still alone because we could not reach out to Jesus because all our ways and means like reading the Bible or even praying, 
to Jesus. We sometimes do not know how to pray, what to pray. So you have come as a support system where we have been in pain and many women thought to commit suicide, but never denounce our faith, but commit suicide. These were the thoughts that were coming in and how we are standing with them, holding their hands, praying with them. I mean, it has been such a huge encouragement. Out of that, we've been able to energize and mobilize more women to come forward and to stand with them, to create a network, a place where they can come. These women come and worship, but in hiding because they can't reveal their identities and come out and open. So these are the little steps that we are taking. One of the most important steps is to talk to these women about their rights. They have equal rights being the citizen of India. They are not deprived or denied of their rights. And how are we building them to know their rights, that they stand firm in it and advocate for themselves and for others? I know one of the most important things is, of course, for Christians, regardless of where they live in the world, to understand that there is a spiritual battle. That's why we teach the theology of persecution and discipleship at the Voice of the Martyrs Canada. We have been in India. We've been all over the world, uh, you know, to help, you know, Christian leaders know this uh, and, and how important it is for them and then for them to the, also then to pass it on uh, to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, so what has been the effect, though, of, of, you know, these groups have gone in trying to get these girls and women to convert back to Hinduism? Are you seeing cases where that is happening? So there are instances where um, women are being persecuted for their faith in Jesus. And one of the recent things was that they were denied any um, relief. So the government was giving relief to the local people in the areas. And when this lady came up and went forward and said that, you know, and she said, they asked, which religion do you belong to? So she said, I'm a Christian, though her family were non-believers. But she said, I believe in Jesus. I'm a Christian. She was denied. She was denied any relief from the local government just because of her faith. And she was forced to denounce her faith and only then will she be able to avail any local government relief if it is given to her, only if she denies her faith. So you can understand the level of injustice just because you are a believer and how you are being pushed into a corner. You know, there is no, so if she doesn't take the relief, there'll be no food for the for her, for her family. She's ostracized. She's being targeted at a larger level where not only the village group, but then also the state and the district level people are also coming to know about her faith in Jesus. So there is a very structured way of cornering them and persecuting them. Yes, definitely there has been instances where women, where they had nobody, nobody and had to get back because of the severe, severe persecution that they face. But yet again, I have so many stories of women who have faced persecution, but they still stand strong. They have left their households. They have left their homes. They have come alone. They're living alone with their son or daughter or their children, or even alone because many instances, the children have also um, not accepted them. So yes, it is a very tough time for them out there alone, especially in India. You know, a woman in India, has to be subjected to her family, to her husband, to her son and to the in-laws. And when you are standing firm for your faith and not being submitting to your family, then it becomes furthermore difficult for them to survive. 
Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that. It's one thing when it's, uh, you know, targeted from uh, religious groups or from government. But when you get into the family situation, it becomes even more of a challenge. So how have some of these girls then come into a relationship with Jesus, uh, you know, from a family that is very ingrained in the Hindu religion? Many of the stories of um, the Christian women accepting Jesus and accepting Christ has been a lot of the miracle, miraculous healings that they have received. And that has made them change them completely. I, I still remember a lady who come, came forward and a believer who came forward and said that, you know, my husband was an alcoholic. I went to all the temples and everybody told me to come here and there and, you know, pray to this God. And, you know, the Hinduism has 10,000 gods and they have to worship everybody and to worship them. But my husband did not leave alcohol and did not stop abusing me. But when I went and prayed, there was a prayer revival meeting and I asked the pastor to pray for me and for the family. And there she saw the change where the husband started, stopped drinking. She said, I never knew how to pray. But just in my little thing, I just said, he stopped drinking. He stopped drinking. And it happened. He stopped drinking. He stopped drinking alcohol. So these little things where they said that we used to uh, do so much of temple and we had to give so much of offerings and this particular offering and out here, there is nothing. It is just there that Jesus, we just have to pray and ask Jesus and he answers the prayers. Just knock and he shall open the doors. This was what she said. And in the other instance, there was... Um, a girl who was not well, she was suffering, she had some demonic powers in her. And then there was this prayer meeting and she went on to different temples and to her gods and prayed and offered prayers. But then there was this prayer meeting and then she said, one of my friends said, my neighbor said that you have prayed to 10,010 people. Why don't you come and attend this prayer healing meeting that is happening in the village nearby? And the daughter was possessed and she was free. With the power of Jesus, Jesus healed her and she was free from all the demons that she was possessed with. So praise God. And that's what just encouraged her and made her move forward more and more in faith. So these are little, little incidents that how women and these Christian women who are living in such tight Hindutva families and groups and their faith is so much there. But how Jesus worked in their lives and did miracles, and they accepted Christianity and accepted Christ as their savior. Absolutely love those stories. You know, the, the supernatural, the power of the Holy Spirit, and he's doing works all around the world. I mean, we hear many stories, uh, you know, Kiara, from the Muslim world where Muslims are having dreams and visions of Jesus. You've talked about the healing. Are, are you seeing that as well uh, in India amongst some of these girls and women who have had these dreams and visions and, you know, these amazing encounters with God? Definitely. There was this 16-year-old girl that I'll talk to you about and how I'm not going to share her name, but she was, she was 16. I think younger than that also, possibly 13. And she comes from a Hindu background. And you know how young little children are. They're living in a village set up and everything. So there is Sunday and there is church. And earlier it was not so bad as it's just getting worse and worse day by day. And so she went along with her friend to the Sunday school. She said, why don't you come along with me and attend the Sunday school? And she started attending the Sunday school with her little friend. 
and when she went over there and she felt very happy and she was overjoyed and you know she learned few stories of jesus and ruth and naomi and all these little stories she learned and she came back and of samson and she was overjoyed she was telling me and then all of a sudden she got a vision a vision where and she just barely 13 years of age and she said that i did not know but i felt that you know she had a stomach problem she had a stomach problem and she felt and she could feel there was a vision and wide and it was she's never seen jesus she's never even seen the image of jesus no picture of jesus and she could say that i saw jesus in front of me i saw a man and um, i saw a person in front of me in white and this was her vision and was he was asking me to follow her that come follow me so and that 12 year old child she got this vision she just attended the sunday school just just once or twice she attended the sunday school and she's getting a vision and then she accepted jesus she went to her pastor she went to the sunday school teacher shared you know young girl 13 or 12 or 13 years she doesn't know what this vision is she was terrified in some way and then the sunday school teacher just helped her to understand what this dream meant and you believe me she faced that young girl of 13 years faced so much of abuse within her own family by her uncles by her aunt by her own father to denounce her faith but she did not leave jesus when she was around 15 or 16 she left her house she left her village and she came to ranchi a bigger city alone because of the abuse that she was facing because of the discrimination because she was not allowed to finish her education or to meet anybody so yes they do get visions and jesus does this miraculous healing and mirac- miracles in their lives You know, absolutely love hearing those stories you know how god is pouring out his holy spirit all over the world and we see it you know in many nations including india uh you know and we rejoice in those it's like the book of acts but with that also comes incredible persecution that is what we're talking about and we're going to bring emma dipper in just a second but i want to just ask you kira about those that have been forced back into hinduism i mean you know, when food is being taken away they're being violently abused uh, are are once they have you know left christianity again people are people and you know and everybody has this different resistance to that pressure you talk about this young girl no matter what she went through she was not going to deny jesus but there are those that do deny Jesus are you seeing them coming back to the lord uh you know because again god is a god of mercy and a god of grace um what are you seeing in terms of those coming back to the lord so when we see that they are coming back to the lord the one verse that they shared with me and this this we saw over the period of time working along with VOM and reaching out to those women yet again and they were able to stand in strength and come and be a part of our meetings also and they came back and they accepted and came back as they went back also so one verse that they shared with me was from first corinthians was chapter 13 verse 4 that love is patient love is kind and love is not boastful and love is not about hatred and they said that when we were forced back or pushed back we could feel the hatred 
we could feel the hatred that was circulated around us and the environment that oh my god as if i am a taboo i am coming from a place where i'm like an untouchable where i've not done any sin i just loved jesus i just loved him i adored him i just clung clinged on to him and i received so much of hatred and now when i come back you know they've attended our workshops and they've attended our uh, trauma counseling sessions and when i come back i receive the love from y'all i don't receive hatred i don't receive discrimination i receive kindness from y'all so you know this verse that they shared of love and first corinthians this is what they feel now greg that you know that how god and our dear savior is just spreading love amongst everybody and the feeling of forgiveness that we give that it comes hand in hand which they couldn't see that they were not even forgiven the when they came back and when they went back to hinduism they were not allowed to enter their kitchen also and you know that you have to get the in in their language they have to do in hindi you call shuddhikaran that you have to be pure so they will do a lot of pujas and they'll do a lot of offerings and then you'll have to go to the temple and there are a lot of things that you have to do that you are impure you have to be pure but when they came back they said you did not you just received us with open loving arms there is nothing so it's about loving one another and just standing with them and they feel so encouraged and blessed and we are so grateful to VOM Canada to be able to be able to reach out and spread God's love you know and demonstrating his love to these women i just love that you know people under pressure again you know they they love jesus but again they're human and you know again extreme pressure and all of us wonder you know what kind of pressure would i be able to withstand you know facing the situation and especially these are many of these are you know new christians you know women and girls that don't maybe have an understanding of the scripture and you know people say well you know if you deny me before man I'll deny you before the father jesus speaking i understand that i do believe that is more about our lifestyle and how we're living for christ uh but you know you think of a guy named peter uh who had a pretty significant impact on the church in history you know what he wrote in the bible one of jesus disciples he denied jesus and Jesus welcomed him back so we have to remember that God is continuing to welcome his children home he loves them and i just so appreciate care the stories that you're sharing with us it 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 reminds us that we need to be praying for our uh, you know friends in Christ in India the men as well that are coming to know the lord but we especially think of the women and the girls that are struggling they don't have the supporting community you know locally but thank god for you and for emma and and so i want to bring in emma dipper now as mentioned emma is the founding director of uh, gender and religious freedom also a partner with the voice of the martyrs canada so emma tell me how did you hear about what was going on to uh, towards these women and girls in india and why did you want to get involved so why focus on india why why be involved in there well let's take it back a bit greg let's look actually globally at what's happening uh, across the world with women facing persecution that that was my interest i do not want to neglect men but we realized that we were not hearing the voices of of women we weren't hearing their stories and so we've really tried to address that and so what we hear in india from kiara is what i also hear tragically in nigeria in egypt in china 
across the, the whole world. And what happens is that women are targeted because they're women, because they are followers of Jesus and they are enduring things that only women endure. So the violations that we've heard about from Kiara, I've heard about elsewhere. And so when we focus down on India, we have to realize that actually India is a huge nation with over a billion population. And in that, it is described as the most dangerous country to live in as a woman. So if you look at the impact of that against being a religious minority, then the need there is absolutely vast. So where would we start as Voice of the Martyrs? Well, we started with a small project with huge impact and with a vision really to grow and the opportunities to really strengthen the communities, give opportunities for women to find their own place and to strengthen themselves as they gather together and have inputs and uh, teaching and, and various approaches that the projects have um, in, with uh, Kiara. You know, MS. Kira has shared her story. The needs are great. You know, not only uh, for them, they have understanding that, uh, you know, persecution, uh, you know, the Bible teaches a lot about that. But then there's also the practical needs as well, just having a meal to eat and, and employment and all those kinds of things. So how do you set the priority? Because all these things are important. Yeah, what you do is you listen to what's happening on the ground. You know, you and I could go in and say, oh, they need healthcare or they need this or that. And it's really important to listen to what's happening on the ground, to, to hear what's been successful, has been useful. And what you'll hear from Kiara is that actually they're getting together in self-help groups. And you might have heard about those before when they themselves get together, they save together, they do activities together and they talk together and they share together. They have Bible teachings, so she gathers them in, um, in in small conferences or gatherings in communities just to show them this isn't because you're bad. It isn't just because you're a woman. This is because you're a follower of Jesus, that people are targeting you. And so just to return for, to scripture and show them examples of that is really, really important. And then one aspect that I think is, is an, another input is to know their rights, that actually if they are able to use it, their human rights and to understand what they are then when violations come they go to the police they insist that the case is recorded that they're given the right number and the paperwork and that that will be followed up and that means that actually actors there who can represent them can have a chance to actually um, charge people for these violations and to and to to, for them to face punishment it's a rare thing i have to say greg but it's yeah. something that i know that they're encouraged to do you know emma one of the things that we have seen right across india is the attacks on christians and actually being videoed you know to use this as an intimidation uh, when you see these kinds of stories you see how uh, you know these groups that are attacking these christians are not even trying to hide this they're actually trying to promote it and that creates fear how best do we help our brothers and sisters then and people like kara uh, when they're facing that they've also as i mentioned the anti-conversion laws there are so many things that are coming at them and yet god is still working in the middle of all that how do we best then you know support our brothers and sisters in christ from canada uh, from where you are in the uk and around the world that are concerned about those things that our brothers and sisters are facing and, is, and again particularly with uh, the women and girls in particular um if you just think about um the stoning of stephen okay 
if that happened today, there would be cameras, there would be phones uh, recording that. But what happened then? The church grew, the church was scattered. Now they must have been fearful, but they did scatter and in that God still used them. And so that's what we uh, are seeing that actually people are holding firm, not everyone, because, you know, I would be tempted to go back to my family and to revoke my faith. I'm sure I would. But actually, as they stand firm, so it shows to others that there is something that we have to work to strengthen and to endure these things. And uh, in that, we're also bringing about uh, when we're working to strengthen them, we're bringing about a climate of religious tolerance where communal harmony is amplified and where that resilience grows the individual um, fundamental their rights and um, are able to be promoted mm. and so that's what's important that that they can use those those pieces of film and say actually this is violating the rights of which are held by the country and that's really important you don't just lie back and let it happen no, you don't just lie back and let it happen. That's why we need to be involved with our brothers and sisters in Christ. With what you've seen, uh, you know, working with Kiara, Emma, are you optimistic that things will improve for the Christians there, especially, again, the women and the girls? I would say, um, if I'm really honest, that um, it's uh, COVID has taken a huge hit yeah. and that we've lost ground. So, um 2019 early 2020 i know that kiara was saying that you know there's really good um evidence of of things changing and yet i know she feels she's we've lost ground and so i hope in years to come we might have recovered that but we really need to keep going we need to keep supporting these projects and love your vom supporters to give to these projects they're small i would love them to be more um, I would love them to be in different regions and different areas um, because the impact can really cascade. You don't need an expensive project to have a huge impact. And so that's one thing, obviously, to pray. But as I've said, you know, when when there's opportunities to speak out and to support them, I think we should. And, and that is the voice that we give. We're one body, as you said. And when one part hurts, we all hurt. I hurt because of what we've heard today. And I know you do as well, Greg, not in a patronizing way, but just by saying, you know, we are one. Thank you, Emma. Again, we appreciate working with Emma and the various projects around the world, including in India. Now, Kiara, Emma has mentioned, you know, COVID, um, you know, the increase of the violence, these anti-conversion laws, all these things are going on. How do you stay optimistic when at times I'm sure you're feeling that you're going backwards instead of forwards? It's extremely challenging. As Emma mentioned about the COVID times and the pandemic times and where you are, where you see that these women are furthermore subjected to abuse because they can't move out furthermore. You know, they're locked up and inside the same house. They are facing the persecution day in and day out. They feel frustrated. You feel frustrated when they call out to you and you can't reach out to them at that time. You feel frustrated. Oh, Jesus, how can we do something? What can we do? And should we do it or not? But hope, you know, God's hope. Jesus has given us this hope that, and you know, how are we going to carry on his 
work that he has given us to bring them and to build a larger kingdom for these women and the hope you know they are in darkness greg if you go and meet these women if you hear their stories if you just be with them spend their time you see they are in darkness they they are seeing jesus's light they are seeing his light the light of hope i think that just encourages you when you talk to them and they say that you know there's just one instance when i was really very disappointed and i remember talking to emma and saying that what should we do at one point you want to reach out to them but it's so tough also you know because sometimes you're not even allowed to enter into those villages you are targeted so badly that you're not allowed to enter into those villages so how can we help them to come out of them of that place so one of the uh, lady said while we were talking to them and i thought that should we continue or what should we do and she comes up and she says that you know we were in darkness we thought that nobody is going to be a voice and we are going to die voiceless i mean so she said that we are going to die voiceless nobody is going to hear our voice or our cry and i feel that our crying and our crying out loud to jesus made you our voices and to come forward to help them i think this was incredible i mean this is one of the biggest incredible compliments i guess we've received that you know you were our voice jesus made you our voice to step forward and to help us and to bring us out of darkness that just encourages and i'm i'm sure you are encouraged by these words as well that and they say that we are god's cheerleaders we are his cheerleaders and we are standing firm so that's these words just encourage you to step forward despite these difficulties and me being a woman i'm stepping forward and working for their rights and being a voice for them i love how you say that we are god's cheerleaders we're all in this together i mean even doing this podcast i'm in canada emma's in the uk you're in india uh you know we're not physically together but we're together in the spirit and that's why you know we need to work and and help and to pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters and care i'm going to get you to pray in just a moment uh before we close off here but one of the things that i know that must be very important to you is knowing that you are not forgotten and just tell me about the relationship that you have with Emma which is now a relationship with the Voice of the Martyrs Canada and again it's not to build up Emma it's not to build up Voice of the Martyrs me you or anybody else it's to build up and to glorify Jesus but God uses people and he's used Emma in your life tell me about that relationship you have with her and how that encourages you Greg it's a very special relationship that I share with Emma. I mean to say I did not have an elder sister in my life and she fills in that gap and that space in my life. And um, one of the most important things especially in the time of pandemic was that as you said that how do you move out forward you know there are challenges and you get disappointed you get discouraged and me also being a woman and in this man's world in india moving forward and helping the women and the persecuted women particularly is the prayers that we've come together you know we used to pray every week just praying for the work just praying with one another just reaching out to jesus just crying out to him and that was very very special and encouraged me even in these times you know to step forward and be the voice for the voiceless to step forward and speak for those who can't do who do not have the voice so just this bonding through prayers and 
being there with one another and calling each other at any point of time you know so you know the communication and reaching out to one another because we were reaching out with his love and um, that was very very special and as i said she fills in the gap of my <laughs> sister <laughs> my elder sister so yeah she's very precious and special Yeah, Emma is very special to all of us. Uh, we so love and appreciate her and all that she's doing for women in India and right around the world. And Emma, before we get Kara to pray, tell me about this relationship that you've had with her and and encouraging this lady. And as she and, and as Kara mentioned, you know, she is a woman living in a man's world. How has that encouraged you in your faith and and being able to be a part of the of a life of somebody that is doing such amazing things? Um. Well, I, I suppose Kiara sort of said it. Really, I haven't got sis, uh, sisters. I've just got brothers, and I love them dearly. Uh, but but what God does is in 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 opportunities to serve and to just do the things we do is he does give us family and um and she is really precious and i think um it's true to say that when you um go and we met in a, a certain setting and it was um there was a lot going on and there was a lot of activity and people but when god draws two souls together and you start sharing together and you start you know not just surface relationship but just sharing life and everyone knows how that feels well i hope everyone knows how that feels then that's all it's been so she's right during the pandemic we would call each other but i would need her as much as she needed me i needed to have the focus that she could give to me i needed her to to keep me in touch with the reality of what's happening because my my life was also complicated in the UK lots of things were changing lots of you know it difficult demands but it it has been tough for all of us and so i would receive comfort and love and hope from her and and that's that's again it comes back to we are family and um, and so it is a two-way relationship and it's one that we value hugely and we do not take for granted so her daughters are, um i i say how my nieces and i hear back from them and my daughters are a little bit older and she will ask after them how are the girls and we will do what we do which is to love one another and to be family to one another well thank you emma uh, you are again doing amazing work uh, we absolutely love our partnership with you Uh, at the Voice of the Martyrs Canada, and to some of the amazing people that you have introduced us to, we're able to work together. It is an amazing time. So thank you, Emma, again, for all that you're doing. Kiera, uh, we so appreciate you, love you. Getting to know you is just such an amazing privilege. I heard so many good things about you from our team at the Voice of the Martyrs Canada. And you know, the most important thing, you know, as I've traveled and I've come back to Canada, uh, you know, speaking in churches and, you know, people can ask, okay, well, what is the most important thing? Is it, is it Bibles? Is it food? What is it? And those are important things. Absolutely. Training, uh, all the things, the trauma counseling. Yes, these are important things and we'll continue to do them. But number one on the list is to pray because it's in the praying that the Holy Spirit then starts to help us to know how we can be most effective rather than just kind of running off on our own. Uh, the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom so we can be strategic. And in, in this case, helping our sisters in India. So Kier, can you lead us in prayer and uh, we'll join with you. Uh, and as we go before the throne of God. 
Our dear Father God in heaven, we want to praise you, thank you, glorify your name, Jesus. Thank you so much for this time, Father God, that we could come and share and be a voice for our sisters, for our suffering sisters, that even as they suffer in their trials and difficulties and in the situation that they are, they continue to thank you for the abundant blessings that they receive day after day, each day, Father God. So we are so grateful for the blessings and the abundant grace that you have showered. And this and we all father god jesus we love you we adore you jesus we need you in our life day after day time after time jesus and as exodus 14 uh, verse 13 says do not be afraid stand firm and you will see the deliverance the lord will bring you today hallelujah jesus thank you father god and this is so powerful mighty precious god your promise that even as they face and even as we all in these times face uncertainty each day, Jesus, we know, Jesus, that you are there with us, Father God in heaven. Holy Spirit, we know that you are here with us. We three are here together on a call, but we can feel the spirit of the Lord here with us, Jesus. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Jesus, as we come together, Jesus, and as we are facing religious hatred, we see that our leaders and our, our 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 neighbors, you know, we don't see your love out here sometimes, Jesus. We see hatred. And as that's what the women come forward and say that we need love. The love like what Jesus loved us. You know, we were sinners and he loved us despite of all our undoings. And that's what they say that this 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 climate of hatred how can we turn this climate of hatred into a climate of love of forgiveness father god so we come to you jesus and as you say do not be afraid do not be afraid as what your word says do not be afraid instead of giving living in this despair situation in this situation of hopelessness father god let's us adopt the attitude of moses the attitude of standing firm and seeing deliverance, seeing deliverance, the Lord will bring deliverance into our lives, Father God. So we move forward and we glorify your name and we thank you, Father God in heaven. Amen. Amen. Just absolutely love the passion. God is raising up people like Kara and Emma and, and many more around the world to help our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you'd like to find out more about the work of the Voice of the Martyrs Canada and helping persecuted Christians around the world, including Christian girls and women in India, go to vomcanada.com. That's vomcanada.com. Appreciate everything that you're doing in terms of supporting our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ right around the world. These are exciting times. Yes, they're dangerous times, but God is working by his Holy Spirit. Kara got me fired up in her prayer there uh, because you know what? We just realized that, you know, as the kingdom of God is advancing, the enemy is pushing back. He doesn't like what's going on in India. But, you know, there's all these obstacles, all these situations, and again, anti-conversion laws, anti, you know, we see it in Pakistan with these blasphemy laws all over the world, these terrorist groups, things are happening. The church is under attack, but God is working. 
God is working in India. So continue to pray for that nation. Thank you, Kiara and Emma, for all that you're doing, helping those vulnerable girls and women in India. We so love and appreciate you. And uh, it is such a joy to be able to work with such quality and amazing followers of Jesus as these ladies that we've been talking to today. And remember, the closer you are to Jesus, the closer you are to the fire. <laughs>